Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She chooses ambition and is proud of it, but strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony. An alpha female is the brightest star in her constellation and shines when she stays true to her authentic self. She puts herself first so that she can have more energy for those around her. She sticks to her priorities, is never complacent about striving for better, and nurtures relationships with all the people in her life. So let's get started. Contest alert. I have a new book giveaway for you. I haven't done one of these in a while, so I'm really excited for this one. If you haven't had a chance yet to leave a rating or review, this is why. You need to go over to iTunes right now. I'm giving away a copy of You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. What I love about this book is that it's just a no-nonsense way to read self-help. So head on over to iTunes, just open it up, and you can leave a rating and then a written review in the month of April or May, and I'll randomly pick a winner at the end of May to receive the book. So you have until May 31st to do this, but go ahead and just do it right now. Um, so ratings and reviews really help other alpha females find this podcast, and I'd be so thankful if you helped grow this community. So head on over there now, just pause this episode, go do it now while you're thinking about it, and then come back and listen to the latest chat. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, episode 67. All links and show notes can be found at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we're talking to Alexa Federico. Alexa is a nutritional therapy practitioner in training who is passionate about using real whole foods as medicine to reach optimal health. Ever since her diagnosis of Crohn's disease 10 years ago, she has developed a passion for all things health and wellness and teaching others so that they can improve their illnesses with nutrition. You can connect with Alexa over on her blog, Girl in Healing. Welcome to the show, Alexa. Hi, Robin. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you. We are um, sisters in autoimmune sidekicks, so I'm excited to dive into how you take care of yourself. Yes, me too. So when you first heard the definition of alpha female or read it, um, what did you think of it and how do you identify as one? Well, when I first heard of it, I was like, wow, this girl has confidence, she's powerful. And I kind of like thought of how I used to be and that was much less confident. And um, a lot of that stemmed from when I was first diagnosed. It was kind of like I wanted to hide from it and I that isolated me and made me different and it was just an issue in my life. But now and over the past few years, I've realized I've gained so much confidence from that because I've used that to help other people and connect with other people with chronic illnesses. So I read it again and I was like, well, there are some aspects of her definition that I really connect with. And now the confidence piece is one of them. And it wasn't always. Um, And I also love the part that you say an alpha female knows she has to take care of herself before she can devote her time to everything else because Taking care of yourself has to be number one, and it's not a selfish thing. It's just really important. Now, were you taking care of yourself before your diagnosis? 
in some way or did it just completely shift? Um, so before my diagnosis, I was living kind of like a typical American lifestyle. I was healthy by Americanized standards. I mean, yeah, I liked fruits and vegetables, but I wasn't eating a clean diet by any means. There were definitely processed foods and snacks and junk foods. And I was still, you know, just a kid in middle school. So I wasn't really health conscious. So no, there was nothing I was really doing to be, um, focused on my health. Um, but sometimes they say that, you know, certain things bring out chronic illness, like stress or, um, some kind of trauma, but I didn't have anything like that. So I can't pinpoint it to one thing, um, that may have kind of brought out that gene in me. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So it was kind of a boat shift and we'll get into kind of the, the nitty gritty of it, but did you kind of do an overhaul right away or did you slowly start educating yourself, learning how to take care of yourself, um, in kind of like step-by-step mentality? It was kind of an all at once thing. And it was, it started a year after I was diagnosed because I didn't know about this whole health world for that first full year. And that's when I was at my sickest. So about a year after when I was introduced to a doctor who practiced more natural medicine and using food and supplements to heal, that's when I learned that, wow, these foods actually have the power to be causing my symptoms and making me sick. And from there, it was like these doors opened up and I didn't know the power of food until that point. And I, even though I was learning about this, I resisted for a few years. And I think, you know, it has somewhat to do with my age because I was young and I just wanted to fit in and not eat differently. But after those first couple of years, I just started to embrace it. And I really dove into reading about our food and what it can do to us and, and that's when I kind of went in full force and became really passionate about it. Mm, that's very cool. And I want to kind of go back to um, the amount of confidence that you've gained through this process. And it's so interesting to kind of track, like once we start feeling good, once we find things that work for ourselves in our own little science experiments in our body, but once that starts working and we gain more energy my confidence has always kind of started to soar when I'm feeling good and my energy starts coming back and I have more time in my day to tackle all the things that I want to. And then I kind of get that mentality like, oh my gosh, I can take over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting how confidence can be tracked back to just how, how good we feel in our bodies. Absolutely. I think it's so important when you're not feeling confident, like you said, you're not motivated to do things and when I'm feeling good and I have confidence, I feel the same way. I can get stuff done. I can go empower other people and like I'm ready to make some progress. And it's something that the autoimmune um, community doesn't always talk about, but like we have, I don't, I don't want to call it an excuse, but I don't know how else to explain it. Like we have a massive excuse that when we say like, no, I need to take care of me first if I don't, my condition will flare up. So I'm going to take care of me first. Whereas a lot of people, if they're not dealing with a health scare or anything, it's really hard to find that motivation and that like one driver um, in terms of proactive health. It's like, no, I'm going to take care of me first that I never develop that disease down the road that my body might contract from my cells getting confused. Like it's really hard to say that. So I actually think it's really nice to have a condition because it's like, 
then you have that reason why like, no, I can't have all of the alcohol that you want to serve me at dinner. No, I can't have that freshly baked bread that you just put in front of me because I'm not touching gluten right now. Like it's really easy for me to say that because of my condition. So I actually kind of thank my MS sometimes. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely um, pointing me in the right direction in many cases, just like that. Mm. So share with our audience, what are you most passionate about? I'm definitely most passionate about spreading the word about the power of real food and just getting back to the basics when it comes to nutrition. And that just really looks like the main food groups. And then from there, what works for you. So I'm all about high quality meats and buying organic whenever possible. And, um, I tolerate some nuts. Um, so basically nothing processed. And I think that's really where we've gone downhill, um, in terms of our food supply and our health. I think a lot of the chronic conditions have been developed in part from our terrible food system and it's really just gotten worse just because of things like convenience factors um, and things like that. So, and I think people just like um, underestimate the power that real food has on our health every day. They don't realize that each little thing we put in our mouth, you know, either points us in the direction to health or can contribute to disease. So that's really what I love talking about. When did you have your aha moment uh, when either, you know, reading something, hearing something as you were self-educating, uh, when you found out that your gut health is really contributing to your overall health? Um, one thing that um, really kind of put a light bulb in my head is the use of like genetically modified organisms. And that so that's one reason I try to buy organic a lot. And I just... I read studies, you know, animal studies that it was creating tumors and um, that it could, I don't know the technical terms, but like creating holes in your intestines leading to leaky gut syndrome. And then from there, you know, our gut health affects so much of our rest of our body. So that's one thing that I've really honed in on when it comes to um, trying to maintain gut health. Yeah, I was surprised that I had never really heard, and I had been seeing naturopaths before my MS diagnosis, but no one had brought up leaky gut, especially um, when I was dealing with years of IBS symptoms. Not one of my practitioners that I had worked with before had said, you know, maybe we should test you for leaky gut. And I actually didn't get tested for leaky gut until two years into my diagnosis. And I had been taking so many steps to heal my gut. And thankfully, it was like a, a test where it's like, oh, I don't have leaky gut anymore. Cool. Never proved that I had it before other than my symptoms going away. Um, but that was like a massive light bulb for me when I heard the term leaky gut went into like the simplified research where it's like if toxins are entering your body because it's really hard to be completely clean in eating, you know, even if we're sticking to uh, an organic diet or primarily organic diet, toxins are going to get into our system. And then if we've got these holes in our intestines, they're going to get into our bloodstream, confuse our cells, and the cells will react in the way that our body is built. And so th that's my simplified science. But like that was so easy for me to understand. It's like fix my gut health 
then my cells won't get confused. Oh my gosh. Like, have I just discovered a miracle? Um, yeah, it's so enlightening. <laughs> yeah. And I was so excited to hear that. And actually, I haven't really talked about this on the podcast yet. Like I was so excited to hear that I could do tweaks to my way of eating um, and just be a little bit more stricter with what I put into my body and I could stop my cells from getting confused. Like if it was that simple, I was just like, why, why isn't this like mass media consumption? Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) So, um, I'm excited that we're both on this passionate journey to share these, uh, these, I think little things that we can do for ourselves. Totally. So what does your work-life harmony look like right now for you? Well, right now, I think I'm in kind of a unique situation because I graduated college um, last May. And so I earned a bachelor's degree in education. And I've always been passionate about teaching children and being a teacher. It's the only career I've ever wanted to pursue. And when I was student teaching, I had some tough days with my Crohn's. And I just realized that taking a career like this right now where there's so much on my shoulders just is not the smartest decision for me. And I didn't want to get myself into something that I wouldn't be ready for at the moment. So I decided not to apply to teaching jobs. And I have been nannying for this year, which I love. I've always been babysitting and things like that. And so now um, I took this year to kind of think about what I wanted to do. And so I kept seeing people namely like um, other bloggers and people I followed on social social media with this certification called NTP. And so I did a little digging and reading the description of this, which is a nutritional therapy practitioner. I was like, this is, this is for me. This was made for me. It's based on whole foods, nutrition and using supplements when needed and just educating people who are stuck in a health rut or have a chronic illness and getting them back on their feet by guiding them to a diet that works for them. So I just started this month and that has been great so far. Um, and that on top of maintaining my own blog. So I'm kind of juggling all three and to create that work-life balance, I've definitely found I need to set boundaries because I'm someone who will just work through the whole day and night. And then it's like midnight and I didn't even notice it was that late and I'm going to bed, but my mind is still going a mile a minute. So I'm really working on kind of setting certain times to work and making sure that there are times to relax, take care of myself, step away from the technology because that really wears me down. So I'm really trying to create like times for everything in my day. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, you use the the word that we avoid on the podcast, which is work-life balance, because um, we're trying to create harmony and let it all flow. And it sounds like you're in kind of the thick of it of creating a life that absolutely fills you up. So I usually ask my guests, like, share with us a time when work-life balance was out of whack and how, like, an aha moment, but it sounds like you're kind of in the midst of it. So um, what are you doing in terms of time blocking to set those boundaries? Well, I'm, I'm setting them before I start working, and that's been helping me get more work done. Um, so I'll say, like, I'm going to write this blog post, or I'm going to write this paper or study, and I have the next hour to get it done. Because when I, I've noticed when I sit down to do something, 
that, you know, I see a notification on my phone and I'll look at it and then I get my, whatever I was working on gets dragged out another hour and it's just a big waste of time. So, um, definitely setting like the exact time limits to give myself and then, then I get it done and that's all I really need. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, okay. So we've started to get into how you take care of yourself from like a, a big picture and you've started naming certain things in terms of how you, um, uh, kind of purchase food, but get into more, um, first and foremost, like how you nourish yourself, whether that's food or anything else. Sure. So definitely, um, food is a huge aspect as I kind of said already. Um, but trying to make the best decisions I can every day is, is what I try to do. Because if I, if I go off track and start eating things, I know, you know, won't agree with me. Like we were talking earlier, it brings down my energy and then, you know, I get less done and I don't feel as well. And, you know, feeling well is part of being happy. Like you can't, be happy if you're not in good health and you can't see your friends and family and do things that you want to do. So really trying to make intentional decisions about the foods I'm putting in my mouth every day is a big part of it. But, um, I've really learned over kind of the last year or two, especially that the self care piece is just another big one, especially with an autoimmune disease, as you know, I'm sure, you know, I can kind of get run down and fatigued, um, kind of quickly or, Sometimes I have like this burst of energy, so I'm running around doing all these things and all of a sudden it hits me and I'm like, oh gosh, I did too much. So really making time for the self-care and not pushing myself too much and having too high of expectations and likewise not being down on myself if I wrote a to-do list with five things on it and I'm just getting through two that day because I just don't have the energy. So really being gentle with myself has been a big change for me. Mm, There's so many nuggets in there. Okay. So, um, let's go to the energy. Um, when you were diagnosed and even now, do you subscribe to the Spoonies, uh, I guess kind of way of thought or have you ever heard about it? I've heard a little bit about it. Um, but I actually don't know the whole premise of it. Yeah, I think I don't really uh I didn't really dive too much into it, but my understanding really quickly of it is that we're only given a certain number of spoons that we can use a day and those spoons represent energy or activities. So if you only have like two spoons that day, that means you only have enough energy to accomplish two tasks and it might be super simple. It might be just like uh, depending on your disease and your symptoms, it may just like be getting dressed and going to a full-time job for the day. And then the second one would be like making dinner that night. And then there's no space or energy to like work on a side hustle or um, play with your kids. So those with autoimmune diseases um, are very careful with their energy and how they use their spoons during the day. And that was really hard for me because I didn't want to ever think of myself as being limited. Um and even now, I had like, this past weekend, I had a whole bunch of winter bucket list activities planned, and I had some symptoms flare up, and my energy just dropped. It didn't feel like myself, and I got so mad that I had to rest um, because I'm usually pretty good with my energy levels, and I think that's definitely 
where I struggle too is I want to get all of these things done and my energy is usually pretty good because I take care of myself so well. But there are definitely those days where the self-care has to go like a little further um, and I always get frustrated that I can't be productive. Right. I totally agree. And I've been in that situation so many times with being kind of upset with myself that I don't have the energy to do certain things. Um, so I guess I try and not go at anything too vigorously because I just try to prevent that burnout too quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so important. Um, and I think I've talked about it with a few guests, um, just being really nice to ourselves that when our goals change or our days change, our to-do lists don't completely get checked off. Like how are we just treating ourselves in such a nicer way by giving ourselves grace? Exactly. I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So we got into the fact that, um, you know, you're trying to buy and eat organic pasture-aged foods. Do you subscribe to any certain, uh, like, naming of a diet? Um, a little bit, only to be able to quickly kind of explain to people how I eat. So I generally say I, I eat or I follow a modified paleo lifestyle. And I didn't pick the paleo diet and conform to it, but from – what I've learned about the foods that um, agree with me and the ones that don't, it naturally follows the paleo diet with a few modifications. There are some things not allowed that I tolerate and incorporate. And likewise, there are some things that are allowed that don't work with my stomach. So I use that term just so people have an idea of the types of foods I do eat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I explain to people that I eat the autoimmune paleo diet. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, but what does that mean? And then you have to explain it more. So it's like, so sometimes I will just say paleo if I don't want to uh, have to go into it so much. Um, but yeah, and it's so hard, especially um, being in a full-time job, having to attend events and give my food restrictions. I'm like, can I just like print you the list? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or is it okay if I bring my own food? Like I'm okay. Um, and yeah, I think it's just I, easier. I find I find that the hardest is like providing someone a with a list and saying, I think my my easiest way is saying like no gluten, no dairy, no nightshade vegetables, and then I have to list examples of nightshade vegetables because nobody knows, and then I also have to list all the spices that come from nightshade vegetables. So I'm just going to start like having a printout or like a, a link with all of my meal restrictions and like sending that to restaurants and organizations and being like, here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here it is. <laughs> That's a great idea. Um, do you meal plan or do you cook fresh every day? I do a little bit of both um, because I sort of have a flexible schedule with the nannying that I'm doing right now. I do have time um, like in the mornings and later afternoons. So I'm lucky that I can cook um, a lot of things fresh every day. But I do help myself out a little bit and kind of meal prep and batch cook when I can. Nothing crazy. Like I don't do just because that would overwhelm me, I think. But I, you know, I'll throw in a tray of like, like six sweet potatoes and roast them so that I can have those with my meals during the week and cook up some grilled chicken and um, rice and things like that. So kind of things so I can put pieces together um, to take with me for lunch or something like an easy meal or if I need a snack. That's awesome. 
Um, okay, cool. Let's get into your weekly fitness routine. Sure. And it's pretty simple. Um, I haven't always been like a huge, um, exerciser and, um, I think a lot of it kind of came from when I wasn't feeling well, I just had so many days of just complete exhaustion. So I always just kind of retreated to the couch and just laid down. Even on the days when I had energy, I almost felt like I didn't want to waste it and use it all at once. But I've been noticing a lot within the past year that even just light exercise really makes me feel great. And especially if my stomach has been bothering me, I'll go for a walk and I can just physically feel it like dissipating the stomach ache. So I've been doing a lot of walking like in my neighborhood when it's nice out or I have a treadmill that I'll use. And I've also tried yoga a little bit. Um, I've done mostly online yoga videos and I'm trying to work my way to a class I'm a little nervous about, but I would love to try that because yoga makes me feel amazing. And I love the whole like meditation piece of it and just the peace that it kind of brings you when you when you just like close your thoughts off and focus on yourself. I really like that. Mm -hmm. So for someone that's technically trying um, something for the first time, uh, can I ask you what makes you nervous about heading into a studio? Sure. Um, It's definitely, I'm afraid of being at a very beginner level and not being able to do the poses and keep up and just kind of being the only one who is a complete newbie and everyone's so far along. You're adorable. Um, that's awesome. I was thinking it was something potentially related to the Crohn's. Um, but interesting that it's about like, we always, you know, expect ourselves to be at our best and show up in the world in a certain way. Um, and sometimes it's really hard for our ego when we're learning something new, uh, to not be, you know, at everybody else's chapter 10, because we're still at chapter one. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's something that so many, I've been doing yoga since my university days, and I've heard so many times, and it's definitely really hard. Like you walk into a class and they're like, leave your ego at the door, or, you know, don't look around. But like, there's always like the competitive side of me that's like, oh, my dancer's pose is so much higher than yours. And it's (laughs) so, so hard to leave the ego at the door. Um, but that's what I love about yoga is that it's a practice and that I don't have to be perfect at this ego stuff at the beginning and that it's a great way for me to challenge myself over and over again. And the confidence that you build, uh, I think this is with any fitness program, you know, like if you're a, a gym rat, you know, the first time you lift a certain amount of weight ego sores, yoga, holding a pose for the first time, ego sores, um, you know, fitness competitors, first time they walk on stage, obstacle course racers, the first time they finish a race, like it's, it's the same thing. So I love that um, different fitness avenues can increase different types of confidence in us. Yes. And I will keep that in mind when I'm going to my first yoga class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just don't stand beside the person that looks uber competitive, which is, yes. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and, and in terms of like wanting to walk and like just being gracious about yourself, I know you've listened to a few episodes, but like it's a theme on this show that like so many of the alpha females are just like enjoying walking and uh, whether they like used to push themselves a lot or, you know, some of them are new moms and, 
um, just getting back into movement, like movement's so important for us. And even a walk, uh, is just so invigorating. Exactly. Invigorating. And at the same time, it's very mellowing too, because you can just clear your thoughts and everything else and just focus on your walk. And I think it comes with, um, kind of alpha females or any alphas just diminishing something. Like I do it too. Like I'll say, you know, someone will ask me what my next race is and I'll be like, oh, it's just a half marathon instead of a marathon or it's just a 5k. And using that word just, like I did, I just did it now. It's like, even if it's just walking, like I shouldn't put the word just in front of walking. Um, because it's like, it's diminishing that movement for the day. So that is my bad. And I'm recognizing that. Oh, that's a great point. <laughs> Um, okay. So if you've built up any stress throughout the day, which, um, you know, we kind of talked about, uh, as people start educating themselves, especially with autoimmune, they realize that stress, um, can be such a huge trigger for symptoms. So, uh, do you have, uh, maybe an evening routine that you can share with us? Sure. Um, a couple things, um, evening in particular, just winding down, um, putting away whatever I'm working on and giving me some time just to relax and not think about work or anything. Uh, because as I kind of mentioned earlier that when my mind is still going crazy because I just stopped working and now I'm going to bed, then I'm thinking my mind just keeps going. So I'm thinking of what I have to do tomorrow and what I didn't get done today. So stopping my work uh, a little bit before I go to bed helps me to wind down and get rid of the stress. And also I'm a huge list writer. I usually have a couple lists going at once and just kind of, um, writing just a few things down that I definitely want to get done the next day is really helpful. And I've noticed when I go to bed and forgot to write that list, that's when my mind goes again. I'm like, Oh wait, did I get this done today? Like how much did I get done? Where do I need to start tomorrow? And so I just like to know what my day a little bit is going to look like. So I just like to get a few things down. Yeah, because our minds are always reeling. And just the simple act of putting the thoughts down on paper, it's like, oh, okay, it's on the paper. I can look at it tomorrow and it'll still be there. Exactly. Yeah, it's just like assurance. That's awesome. Um, So I think we've kind of already touched upon your pain point. We always talk on the show about something that alpha females are problem solving for. Uh, You've kind of shared with us that it's overworking. So other than, you know, time blocking um, and to-do lists, is there anything else that you're doing to problem solve for that? Um, I would say, hmm, because it's almost, it's the same thing that I'm dealing with from like an achievement standpoint. It's like, we want to achieve all these things. Like, and if you're a to-do list person, you're the same as me. Like, you just want to check those things off. And we get like an adrenaline rush from checking something off. Um, and something I tried this year was reducing my to-do lists from like a brain dump to three things a day. Um, and it's, I think you kind of mentioned that at the beginning. Is that something that you're working on, on having a smaller to-do list daily? Yes, because when it gets too long, that's when I get it hard on myself and I see all these things I still, quote unquote, need to accomplish and then stress builds and things like that. So keeping that list shorter is helping me. And also one thing, um, even if I'm in the middle of a task and I'm just getting worn out, um, I'll just stop and just 
shut down my computer and just be like, I need a break. So I'm going to read a book. I'm going to go for a walk and just being really intuitive and just listening to my body. If it's, if I'm not in the place to get work done, then it's not going to be good work. So why even push myself? I love that. The importance of breaks are so, so, um, something that I think we kind of shoot to the side because it's like, Oh, if I need a break, then like, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I be more productive or as efficient as somebody else? Uh, and it's, again, it's having that grace for ourselves and being nicer. It's like, no, if I take that five minute break to like play with my puppy or have a dance break or go for a walk or read a book, I love that. Um, it's just like resetting the brain, um, to have more energy. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So this comes to the end of the show. My favorite question, um, because it is so different for everyone and it always leaves me with a massive smile on my face. So what is your definition of happiness? I love that question too. And (laughs) when I was thinking about it before coming on here, I was just thinking about how I never asked myself that, like, what, what am I, what's my vision for true happiness? And at this point in my life, it's, being healthful enough that I'm feeling good and can do the things I want to do, which just, you know, being with friends and family, being able to work, being able to exercise when I'm feeling well enough to do those things, that's all I can really ask for. And that's, that's what makes me happiest. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing all of your nuggets of wisdom with the audience. Thank you so much again for having me. This was really cool. For the listeners of the Alpha Female Podcast, Audible is now offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you can check out their service. There's some amazing books like You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero or The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash alpha. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash alpha for your free audiobook. I've alluded to in the past how I use essential oils in my life to uplevel my health. They're just basically a tool in my healthcare tool belt. If you're confused about how to use essential oils and you have no idea how to incorporate them in your life, I want to provide you with my top 10 ways to use essential oils cheat sheet. So head on over to bit.ly forward slash oil cheat sheet. That's bit.ly forward slash oil cheat sheet. O-I-L-C-H-E-A-T-S-H-E-E-T to get your free copy now. Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast app of choice go do it now before changing to the next episode and just leave me a rating and review. It'll help other alpha females find this podcast and join in on the conversations. You can find more of me at robinbaldwin.com and join us next week for another inspiring chat. Have a spectacular day.